Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Georgie, we have just come back from a very spoiling few days in New York. We have, and it was all thanks to British Airways. We partnered with them to celebrate the launch of their new club suite. And I cannot recommend it more highly from the British menu to the white company bedding and amenity kit. Lots more space, privacy screens, sliding doors, aisle access, vanity units, amazing in-flight entertainment, lovely staff, really, really lovely staff. The whole thing was totally faultless, as were the lounges at departure and arrival and yeah couldn't rate it more highly club suite is now available to more than 10 destinations worldwide including new york miami and singapore to find out more visit ba.com welcome to the sherlux podcast with me charlotte collins this week it is a bumper travel special i am joined by melinda stevens longtime editor of condé nast traveler and founder of loop which is a new travel platform coming soon Yes, I think probably spring next year. Spring next year. Keep your eyes peeled. Um, and Jules Perrone, travel PR extraordinaire, regular Sherlock's viewers, listeners will be very familiar with her. Welcome both. It's so lovely to have you here. Thank you so much. So we are working in partnership with British Airways at the moment. So a big thank you to them for sponsoring this podcast. And we thought, what a great opportunity to talk about all things travel. It feels like the right time, end of the year, to kind of round off 2022 travel because a lot has changed in the travel industry this year hasn't it Jules oh my god I don't even I can't even comprehend the changes that have happened within the industry you know this time last year we were about to go through the next wave of the pandemic weren't Mm. we and then Omicron struck in Q1 you know that was literally nine months ago yes my timing's so bad and now (laughs) the gates are open yeah and you literally can't get in anywhere because People are so desperate to, to travel. It's, it's so crazy. Ju- my yeah. husband and I were talking yesterday about we went to Miami last Christmas and we, we did like two weeks without seeing a single soul before Boxing Day so that we could get there. And now it just feels like a different world. I think it? I've kind of repressed that time. I just don't, <laughs> I can't grasp it and I don't remember it. But I had lunch with a, a great friend in the travel business on Friday and he said he's got one client who spent three million pounds this year on travel alone. I mean, and I think people are just um, starving and hungry and for otherness and culture. Yeah. And, and, it's, it's, and it's mad because it's like, where can I go on Friday? And it'll yes. be like on safari and they'll go. <laughs> yeah. You know, before it was like these big adventures were planned months in advance. Mm. And now people are literally like, can I get there? Let's go. Yeah. yeah. God, I mean, yeah. I'd like to do an entire podcast on three million pounds worth of travel in a year. That sounds <laughs> fascinating. The mind boggles. Yeah, wow. <laughs> um, let's talk. Let's reflect a little bit on 2022. Forget, forget Omicron. Those days are behind yes. us. In terms of things having improved, borders having opened up, where has been Melinda the hottest destination? Would you say of 2022? In terms of beaches and culture and history and vibe and atmosphere and everything you could possibly want out of a country, I think. Mexico was definitely where I fled to with my kids. And it was amazing. I think there's a lot happening in Mexico City. For me, it's like kind of the the nicest bits of downtown New York 
however many years ago, 30 years ago. The Condessa district is just fabulous and covered in cobbles and beautiful trees everywhere and old coffee shops and vintage. And it's just, it's got such a lovely, lovely neighborhood vibe. Um, so her house is opening up there soon and I know there's a Mondrian opening up there soon, but I would probably hesitate from, from all of that. And then we steamed down to Tulum because I first went to, you know, Tulum when I was 18. I literally stumbled into it. And of course, from there was like three hammocks and beer <laughs> was cheaper than water. And now it's full on and there's a lot going on. But there are still beautiful little spots if you're with the right guide. Uh, you can find beautiful little sonatas, et cetera. And then actually we went down to a part that's more emerging. And when I arrived, you will laugh, I kind of had that moment where I went, oh, this is it's called Bacala. This is not at all it's, you know, cracked up to be. Um, Habitas, who I love as a hotel group, who are very kind of light touch, nature, you know, spa orientated, very chilled, had just opened a property there. Um, but it was a big local holiday and it was full of tour buses and people screeching around and I and I had a bit of a moment about that and it took me a bit of time to kind of settle into it and it's it's called the the lake of a kind of thousand blues and it's true it's just these extraordinary turquoises and actually after a while I we we fell in love with it so for me Mexico is always a good idea. I mean, gorgeous. What an evocative way to describe it. Um, Jules, what about you? Where's 2022 been the star I, of? I think Italy has been unbelievable. Um, I mean, every single human on the planet, especially the Americans, have seemed to have chosen Italy as their place. I think Italy opened up. It was one of the first places to reopen up and really kind of embrace the kind of world again. And, and the hotels, there are so incredible all over. You know, Sicily, there's been the White Lotus and the filming there's Puglia all these great hotels have opened beach clubs and then you know north the cities I think people have been craving that mix of like beach culture beautiful place food wine yes. journeys mm. I've just been on honeymoon to Italy and so for me it was just and it, I, I'd, I'd done a lot of Italy before and then suddenly I was doing Lake Como and you know the coast in Tuscany and driving through and these wonderful journeys I think Italy offers something so special mm. yes it's um, awesome beach and there's a lot of cool new hotels opening there all around, like okay. Rome. There's maybe like 10 hotels opening next year. So there's a lot of excitement in general about okay. that destination. What what have been the hottest hotels? I mean, the world's a big place. But if, if you could, you know, one hotel that has really excited you that you've been to this year, where has that been? So mine was in Italy on Lake Como called Pasolacqua. It's this beautiful 20-room hotel right on the lake. It was a private home and it's been turned into a very almost club-like feeling property but it literally feels like you're in a home in a beautiful private home with gardens cascading down to the lake a boat you can take off and go and find little places for lunch and just so special just gardens amazing that that's my place heaven Melinda I went to a um a kind of classic I think that really surprised me and I adored and I'd always wanted to go there and it was a kind of promise to myself I I think it's one of yours it's one of Jocelyn Sibway's <gasps> La Femme de Marie which is in Megev. This is I, I, so pretty. I did this thing where um, I kind of 
love hate skiing and hate love skiing. <laughs> and I don't know whether you won't have done it with your little boy yet, but it can be entirely hideous for children. And, and even as adults, the kit and the caboodle and the stuff and the abonnements and the... It's just it's quite like sweaty. The, it's like, <laughs> and also it's like the opposite of a holiday. Yeah, yeah. just stuff so we yeah. everywhere yes. all the time. And rushing and people shouting at you and yeah. clunky mm-hmm. boots. Yes. It, yes, it's like a kind of mission to Mars. And there's always something left behind, like yes. the glove, mm-hmm. which you can't As, ski yes. without. <laughs> and a child, we used to pee in our ski seats the whole Nothing. time because literally <laughs> just unzipping them was a kind of extraordinary undertaking that we didn't have time for. So we slipped off. Again, I slipped off with um, my girls and we went to not our normal stomping ground. I didn't tell anyone. We didn't go with anyone else. And we went to Mojave and we're used to, to, to skiing in Switzerland and Mojave with the food there and the beauty of the people and the Femme de Marie is just so gorgeous and it was awful. We were like kind of the opposite of how I used to be as a travel writer. I think we had the same breakfast every day and the same supper in the restaurant every night where we did the same fondue and the same glass of red wine and, and it was just dreamy and it was the best of skiing really in that sense is just we were calm and considered yeah. and in the snow and we would stop for a break when we wanted it and that was um we did make one daughter go down a kind of triple black at one point and she had to take off her skis and everything and had to slide down on her bottom weeping so that took <laughs> us back to the old times but otherwise that was my that was my hotel quiet moment very we, did, we, we barely left the hotel. Heaven. Other heaven. Than, other than ski. And what about UK? Openings or hotspots? Where has been a kind of number one for you in the UK this year? Well, I went to university in Edinburgh and have got very excited about the new um, Glen Eagles townhouse that's just opened up there, which opened earlier this autumn. And it's just an absolute delight because it's an incredible old building, an old bank that's been transformed into a really beautiful property with an amazing restaurant, some rooms and a sort of club, very cool gym. And I just love Edinburgh. And mm. I just, for me, when a city like that is transformed, it's just such a total joy. And it needed great accommodation. It's got a couple of the old grand dams, but it needed something chic and mm. small and boutique and social and beautiful. Um, so that's probably my favourite in the UK. What about you? Hotel-wise, I don't. Uh, to be honest, my again the the place that captured my heart this year was actually I think it's an it's an Airbnb rental that my very clever sister-in-law ferrets out, and it was in Dungeness. I don't know whether you've oh, yeah. been to Dungeness. I've driven through it. I mean, that's bizarre. <laughs> it's a very very um, strange and kind of wonderland of a place where it's kind of out on this promontory in in Kent, kind of shingle. And um, you've got this huge nuclear power station behind you. <laughs> Beautiful. And in front, I've, I've become obsessed with nuclear power stations as a result. <laughs> and then in front of you, you've got these all these wonderful old cabins. It was made famous by the film director, Derek Jarman. It had a beautiful kind of... Um, old house there with it was black with a kind of with yellow painted windows and he grew the most beautiful exquisite garden out of the stones so people came from far and wide to to, to look at that and in the meantime there are these other places that you can take over that they're, they're not actually it looks slightly from one angle it looks like a rubbish dump there's kind of rubbish everywhere but then the more you look at it you think is it an art installation then you start going no it's not it's rubbish <laughs> but maybe it's art. Okay. It's like that. Ropes 
and and an old boats and it's extraordinary and you wander around um with this kind and take a million pictures which I then came home and showed to a woman I didn't know terribly well thinking that it was I could practically take put, put on an exhibition it was so beautiful <laughs> And she then I looked at them through her eyes. She was like, she was like yeah. Oh, you're taking pictures of lots of rubbish. <laughs> so that's Dungeness. But we stayed in a house designed by an amazing architect. And it was all concrete and fur and it was and we drank well into the night and it was just beautiful and eerie and very, very special. Okay. Okay, there you go. Something different. That is different. <laughs> I know. But, but <laughs> that's why I love that. But that's great. Because, you know, and everybody knows, you know, it's so... But everybody knows the hotspots and it's so yes. refreshing to hear of it. Well, I think it's part of what we're trying to do at Loop is is it, everywhere we go, and Jules will know this more than anyone, right? There's this... There's, there's the classics and there's this we, we're all so clued up mm. on, on places to go and, and then the, you know the little niche hot spots to have lunch etc and it, there's a, there's an incredible kind of international network around that and I think part of what I'm trying to do is like change the paradigm on what we give value to so it's the more it's the it's the classics yeah. for sure okay but it's also the stuff outside the lines a bit so that I think is that, it's a bit of a cultural shift. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a new confidence in travel in the UK. Like it's not just for us anymore as well. It's for the international traveler, mm-hmm. the, the pound and the dollar. I mean, the Americans are coming here in droves. You speak to all the hoteliers. It's the yes. Americans that are coming mm-hmm. this summer. They're booked way in advance. And I think like whether it's a tiny little pub, I was staying at the Beckford Arms at the weekend, which I mm-hmm. absolutely loved in Tisbury. These these little properties are doing incredible things. Mm. They're, they're totally challenging all the old classics. And I think when the you know when people come, the Americans come into the UK, they're all used to going on the same beat. Maybe they go to the Cotswolds, maybe they go to the Highlands, the Delsford Circuit, and and yeah. it's and it's and it's predictable. Mm-hmm. And and I suppose there's just so much more going mm. on. I think that's the that's the magic about travel in general is like amazing people doing amazing things mm. in amazing places. And you just have to you have to forage and you have to yeah. pair it mm. a little bit more. Yeah. How fantastic if there are so many great yeah. options here on our own soil. You know, London obviously is such a kind of international hub and has such kind of you know attraction, but there is so many I think it was happening pre-pandemic. <clears throat> but it's certainly more pronounced now in that people who, who you know, let's say London chefs like Florence Knight, who are, you know, taking what they do out of Sessions Arts House, which is one of my, you know, favourite restaurants of however long with this peeling walls in that old courthouse in Clerkenwell. And she's now taking what she does up to, um, it's, it's just outside Cordor in the Highlands and just... Um, so I think there, there are people moving out of mm. town and whether it's obviously there's been a big Cornish diaspora i mean if i was in cornwall i would argue for independence from the uk <laughs> build a wall yeah. i would build a wall with my own hands yeah. the food scene down there and the beaches is just you know it's barn on yes it's been quite frustrating for the locals i think hasn't it hugely frustrating there's amazing things happening around older kind of industrial states and once you look at these buildings once you look at the states with a different lens and a different eye that's had a little love and attention a little a little edginess and a little coolness to it then I think it shifts what where we want to go because I think getting off that beaten path is mm. very important. Mm. Yeah. Let's talk about trends for next year, assuming we're done with lockdowns, done with restrictions. Jules, what do you project, where do you project is going to be super popular next year? 
Um, I think Indonesia for me and, you know, everyone I'm talking to at the moment, the thing is Indonesia has been one of the last countries to reopen again. So, um, and actually in general Asia, mm. like, you know, Thailand, um, even Malaysia, um, but Indonesia, you know, there's so much to offer in that country. It is absolutely vast. Mm. You know, everybody sort of knows the obvious, the Bali, etc. But all these other islands are beginning to open up there. It was all sort of happening. Mm pre-pandemic but now these great little properties are opening in Lombok and Timor and Rajarampat and the Anambas Islands all these places no one's heard of before mm. but Indonesia's only literally just reopened and I think in a way that's what people are just desiring isn't yeah. it mm. like rem- like the most remote they could get I speak to somebody yesterday who just said I just want to get on a boat and go somewhere like and not see humans for mm. days and days and days so I was kind of having this wonderful chat last night about flying into Papua and going north and into Misul and really great places. So, mm. and I think in general, Asia will have quite a moment this year and, and also South America as well. Yes. Um, you're, you're just reminding me because actually when I was 18, my friend and I thought we were going to India and we went to Indonesia <laughs> and we ended up, and oh, Indonesia, I think, is we ended up spending months there. And one of the most amazing things we did was take this, you know, kind of old boat, um, so rickety it didn't even have a roof, but we island hopped down that, you know, that string. And that island hopping part totally. of Indonesia is not really talked about as much. And every island is so wildly different yeah. from the next. Oh my gosh. And there were sites I saw there that I've you know, open my, my mind's eye to travel in a way that I'll just never forget. It's extraordinary. Jules, yeah. where's your fabulous hotel there with all the horses? Nihi. Mm, exactly. Nihi Basically, <laughs> it's wild horses <laughs> yeah. who spend most of the day just galloping through the surf. And Incredible. you might be lying on the beach and sort of a herd of horses just suddenly goes back past. And they swim and you can swim with them. It's absolutely oh, wow. extraordinary. If you ever just want to go into a kind of other world, just have a look on their Instagram. It's sort of a daily dose of just kind of wildness yeah it is and it's it's amazing it's truly and I'm, I'm actually going on my mega moon who knew that was a thing Love it. in march <laughs> oh, i think um, you've made that up for your i like cleaners. it though mini moon maxi moon and a mega moon yes. oh, wait, right? honey, yeah. honey doesn't even doesn't even factor <laughs> no, anymore it's over for those the two obvious where was mini <laughs> <laughs> well, Minnie was sort of my hen with my best friends in St. Bart's. I was about to say, I was hang on a minute. Yeah. I, knew that, I knew your hen wasn't um, a Loki affair. And then my honeymoon mm. was in, well, my I guess my my, my normal honeymoon was in Italy, but yes. I, I'm going to go on this big adventure Mega. to Indonesia yes. for two weeks Amazing. in March and do a bit of a journey. Go yeah. to the Anambas, come back to Singapore, go down through Sumba. I just, I think people are desperate for a journey. Mm. Yeah. I think um, just exactly that, those epic expeditions and that feeling of, um, of of being out there and not staying in the same place every night. But just, I think people basically, what's what's come out of the pandemic is extraordinarily, you know, this craving for culture and whatever form it, you can get it. Mm-hmm. And whether that yeah. is in theatre or whether that's in dance or whether that's in travel. And I think you know going back to my to my the expensive lady and her three million pound <laughs> budget i think all of those kind those tour operators like black tomato and Polaris and um uh, and brown and hudson who i did an rv trip around america with who just make it very bespoke so even though you're doing something ostensibly kind of lo-fi mm. that you're all in a kind of rv and you're you know 
tripping around from pillar to post and that every destination we got to there would be like a local chef and we'd go and you know forage for huckleberries and you know make something out of that or we'd go into the middle of the park in a wood and there'd be a man mm. with all sorts of kind of crate you know birds mm. that we would it's it's um those guys i think are the, the people who if you have the budget are providing something on an exceptional level mm. where you are really maximizing um maximizing that feeling of yeah of escape of not it's not, sorry it's not escape it's the opposite of that really but it's also surprise. it's about being in something mm. and it's about being totally in the moment yep. and totally present and totally kind of in awe of, mm. of where you're at so it's less about new locations and more about how you're experiencing them and how bespoke you're going yeah that there is an obsession in our world unfortunately with what's new mm. and actually what's new often isn't what is mm. the best? And I'm not saying the best in terms of the most luxurious, but the best in terms of like the great characters in the staff, the people you meet. And actually new places haven't quite established those relationships mm-hmm. yet. And that's what I love is has been going back to the old favourites this year. Mm. It's not been about having to go to a brand new hotel. It's about, you know, rediscovering places mm. who've been amazing to their staff, have kept all their staff, have, you know, been committed to the community. You know, they, they're just... Slightly yeah. different mm. motives. And I think, well, well, plugging into all those things as well, I think is a big movement towards trains, which is, it it, it, it kicks off so many things because you're, you're I, I love moving through, through a place. There's something wondrous to sticking your head out of, you know, whether it's in Vietnam or you're sticking your head out of a window and you're just smelling something different, but you're, you're, you're moving through. I think movement as humans is really crucial and it. It, it helps. It, I always feel that when I'm in motion like that, my my brain feels like it's in progressive yeah. motion too, and I think obviously also they're much better for the planet. And then it leads into one of my favorite expressions. They like obviously having a kind of retrogressive moment, but but trains, um, you know, have. I know that Belmondo just got Wes Anderson to to redo all of their British Pullman upholstery. So I'm longing to see that. But trains themselves, I think, wherever you can grasp them, grab them because. They are their their adventure in a they're they're the best of adventure. And also, you get to see real life. Like when you're going through a train station, there's nothing but I did a train journey once from Calcutta through to Delhi in India, and we stopped every you know in all these amazing places. But actually, I just loved yes. looking out the window mm. at the station lights. Yeah, of course. Well, the world going on around you. Mm. Yeah, usually completely ignoring you and, and just seeing it. I love airports for that reason. I love airports. Love them. Get their hours <laughs> yes. early. Yes, adore. Yeah. Just yeah. watching people, mm. that one's stressed, that one's super relaxed, that one's yes. lost their child, that one's lost their handbag. But Amazing. also I think that, you know, God, people complained about airports, didn't they? But you're in this really privileged position to be going out on this adventure. And I, I found all of those, you know, those hubs, those, oh my gosh, I mean, the terrible rows we've had in airports, maybe I'm romanticizing it, it's all coming <laughs> back to me. But... For, for me, you're in a position of unique privilege, so just... Yeah, completely. I, I, it's, it's a story. It's also, so, like, often I travel a lot on my own, and that is my kind of moment of kind mm. of calm, put a bit of music on, mm. do a bit of work, Ooh, watch the world magazine. go by, have a glass of wine, buy a magazine. Get, well, yes, get terribly drunk on the plane. Always. It doesn't matter what time it is, I'll have the Bloody All Mary. Hideous, it tastes hideous. Yeah, 9am, 8, 7, that's 6. thick tomato juice. Yeah. Yeah. Time, like time does not exist. But you're like, it? I'll have that with yeah. vodka and the Sounds Marins. about right. Yeah. Um, Melinda, where's on your hit list? We know Jules is off on her maximum. Yes. Where's on your hit list for next year? God, I, uh, 
I just came back from a weekend in Yorkshire. I must have gone, bearing in mind it took me five hours to get there and five hours to get back. I fell in love. I don't know how well you know it. It's just so extraordinary. So I feel, again, having, you know, talked a big game about looking at what we have under our noses at, at Loop. I'm, I want to do, we travel more around the UK. I've done a lot this year. I had such a happy time in Rye, um, Yorkshire, just the colours of the landscape were just extraordinary. And there, and um, eating my way around, mm. I think, would be a good start. Cornwall is the first off. And then, where else? Oh, oh, I tell you what is opening from a hotel point of view, which quite interests me, because I went there years ago. Cowley, I don't know if you ever went. I can't even remember where it is, back to my bad geography. But that's being taken over by the experimental group. And I like what they do. Mm. They they have grew up, they're a, a small hotel group. They started literally in cocktail bars. And um, they do great, vibey, kind of sceny but discreet stuff um, in interesting locations. Yeah, that like is interesting what I've taken over. Venice and Verbier. Yeah. They're not the, and Menorca, yeah. they're not the normal patch. And um, they've taken over. Open. They they've taken over Cowley and will open later in the year. So I'll definitely be nosing around there. And you mentioned train journeys. If it, it, what's yes. the dream? What's the dream train expedition for you? Either that you've been on or you haven't been I on. I keep pushing train journeys. So <laughs> I've got. I mean, I love that. I mean, the one to Scotland when you get on the sleeper train with all the the the, the crispy sheets. I love it. I'd love <laughs> to go to Istanbul on the Orient oh, Express. Yeah. I mean, well, just I mean, you've saying got about eight it. years in advance now to get on. Yeah, I know. But those where you start and say Venice and end in Istanbul. Yeah. Incredible. Yes. I've done a South African one. Ooh, yes. I mean, that was Rovers mm. Rail. So I, Absolutely yes. Oh incredible. my gosh, that was magical. Yeah. And when we, you were talking about that, we, we went on Rovers Rail and we went down, we started in, I think, Joburg and ended up in Zambia for the eclipse. For, for I can't remember how many years ago it was. I do remember it was before, it was 20 years ago. And um, waking up, in these old um, train stations, surrounded by people, you know, selling their fruits and their wares. It was just so thrilling. And then we, we ended up docking in the middle of nowhere and being in the bush for the eclipse, which was very extraordinary because, of course, when the moon comes in front of the sun, the animals think that it's nighttime. So everyone gets terribly, terribly, terribly quiet. And you didn't realize how noisy it was until they got terribly, terribly Amazing. quiet. And then everything goes quiet in the bush and you're there with your funny glasses on. So you already feel that you've been kind of, I don't know, adopted by Martians. <laughs> and then across goes the across goes the moon and then up, you know, you see this, the sun again. All the animals start up again. Hmm. That amazing. was... Um, that is amazing. Yeah, mm. that was a once in a like, that was. But I think on a, you don't even have to do one of these big sort of expensive trains. Mm. I think train travel just even through Italy, for example, is incredible. You know, when you go... From Como to Milan, down to Florence, mm. to Rome, like, and it's a great thing for someone to do who might be traveling on their own, mm. who's a little yeah. nervous about driving mm. or something like that. You know, I think generally train travel is a great way mm. of journeying around. And also, is it, when you're, if you're on a train, let's say, and that's some of those Italian ones and those beautiful ones that snake around the, the south coast of France. And then in the one that I take often in the summer down to Cornwall, it's like a lot of it happens by the sea. Yeah. You're running along you the are, water. Yeah. And, stunning. you know, the light on the water and you just can't. It's very, it's very special. Yeah. Um, Jules, you mentioned old favourites, old classics. Where, Where is still 
your kind of your number one your your I have to go back there it is I mean let's start with the UK because I suppose there's UK and rest of the world but but where is your like put on a pedestal hotel on a pedestal hotel um god it's it's so difficult because there are so many great properties in the UK I mean I I have to say I absolutely love Glen Eagles I talk about it a lot because I don't think there's anywhere like it in the UK I'm actually going up the weekend before Christmas with my stepchildren and my little boy because I want them to see the kind of sparkly magic Mm. of a hotel like that with its gorgeous trees and ice rink and all you know everything um that would that would be my UK Mm. um for me in terms of abroad I went to El Pelicano on my honeymoon I thought it was an absolutely magical place Mm. like literally stuck in time Mm. in the best possible way actually on paper You'd probably look at it and or a picture and go, hmm, don't get it, mm. bit retro. You know, I, I I found it absolutely delightful because of that exact thing. Everything was slightly old fashioned. Mm-hmm. Some things were a little tired. I didn't think yes. I ever had hot water even the whole time I was there. <laughs> I really didn't care. I booked yeah. it for next year. It's it's just somewhere that's going to be my place, and I mm. hope they never change it. And for if they child. do, I don't even want to notice that they've changed it. Mm. Maybe they can fix the water. Um, <laughs> And there are other great, you know, like for me, I ha- I, I just, Provence, proper old south of France, but like in not, I, d- I don't love being on the coast at the moment. I think it's so mm. busy in the summer. Mm. Go inland, yes, like into the Louvre, Menab, Bastide de Marie, those little charming, delightful places mm-hmm. that don't change. They have one thing on the menu or maybe two things, house wine from the vineyard. I just, it's what I want now. Yeah. I want less choice. I want yeah. someone to make decisions for me. Charming places. You know no, what I mean? Yeah. No frills. Melinda. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. The kind of, the, is it lack of frilliness? Yeah. Or the lack of pomp? Mm. Or, or I suppose what it is for me, it's like a lack of inauthenticity. Mm-hmm. The inauthenticity mm. of some places you go to where it's too many whistles and bells and everyone's trying too hard and they're trying too, and they're wearing this outfit and it. And here's the authentic potato, and it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't come off. And I think people want to, you know, escape in their own heads as much mm. as, you know. And I, I love posh when the time comes. Yeah, I do. But I mean, in terms of, um, you know, it's another chef. Actually, I have to say, you know, Margot Henderson has that beautiful Rochelle canteen and. In Shoreditch, and she's opened a place called the Three Horseshoes in Backham in Somerset. And I let you know, Somerset is another one of my favorites because of the cider. Love it. Love about cider. And you go to, you know, my best oldest friend lives there, and she takes me to this, she takes me to like the most unpopular pubs. That's what I like. Where, where there's a bar, you know, covered in zinc, and there's just someone in the corner having a something so dark and and mead like and um and that and you have your packet of crisps and you have the most delicious refreshing cider that's just you know from down the road that for me if it gives me more pleasure i think <laughs> sorry well I, and then there's the flip side of it where i was just at the clifton literary festival and that was just so it was so fun so being glamorous at, right so fun being at clifton yeah and it is you know and it's gorgeous and the rooms and the views so i've got i've got mm-hmm. both in my system i like yeah space for both we've said that it's pretty hard to find affordable travel these days but you know times are tough so if you are looking for a holiday next year you don't want to blow the budget where kind of where should you be looking at how should you be looking at travel you know is it that you travel on trains instead of planes kind of what can you do to adjust your expectations perhaps for next year I I have to say I've just come back from South Africa and 
that is an unbelievably well-priced mm. destination. You know, get a nice glass of wine for under a pound mm-hmm. equivalent. You know, the round pound is so um, positive for us at the moment. I think it's 18 or 20 rounds to the pound. You can get great places to stay for not very much. Mm. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. People like, you know, BAs flying into Cape Town, flying mm-hmm. into Johannesburg. But there are still places that represent incredible value, basically places that don't charge in the dollar. And that's what we've all just got to be a bit careful about mm-hmm. in the next year or six months or so, um, is there are several places that are, you know, the, the, the hotels are charging dollars. Everything is moved into a dollar price range mm-hmm. really for the Americans. But actually, like... Genuinely, South Africa for me, mm. I think Mauritius is somewhere else that for long haul has always represented really good value. There's some great kind of three, four star product there. You don't have to go for the super swanky stuff. There are obviously places that are really expensive, like, the, you know, the Maldives. Um, but then you've got places like Sri Lanka, really great value. Mm. Um, India as well, as that's all beginning to open up. Um, it's just places like the Caribbean are a bit trickier because they are so tied to mm. the dollar. Yeah. Mm. Melinda? I'm as happy camping as I am, and you know, in Forest are an mm. amazing F F O R S T. They're an amazing kind of glamping outfit. Which, if I some of my happiest times, and in terms of what do you want out of travel, and how do you make it mean something to you, is oh my god, I can't remember the name of these farms. It's not a feather down farm. It's a they're, they're all around the country. I have to think of the name in a minute. And you go and you're you're kind of in a little shed or you're in a little camp and you have a little stove and you have to, you know, you get given your supplies and you have to wait for the thing. To, to, you have to feed the fire to heat your food and you're surrounded by goats. And the, those kind of time-slowing things, I think, don't have to cost the earth mm. um, but can make you extremely happy in that moment in terms of getting you mm. out of your head. And again, another thing that I would do is, is Manchester is having such an um, extraordinary revival. I went to, to university there and loved it because I spent quite a lot of time, obviously, clubbing. And But, you know, there are now places that I could... And I think it must be connected to Alt Hacienda, which was run by... It's called Fat 51. And they've now turned that space into a new cultural place where Danny Boyle and Yayoi Kasama. Yayoi Kasama is having her biggest exhibition that she's ever had anywhere internationally there. So there's lots happening. And that's what I would do. I would I'd poodle around the UK by train and just suck up as much culture as I could from, from city to coast. Um, it's something for far-flung travellers and, and more locals. Um, at the other end of the scale, 
Let's let's talk about below the budget travel. What I mean, you've talked about bespoke experiences. Obviously, that's kind of the trend. But where's opening or where's hot that is that is a real treat but sounds mega? I I, I was trying to help someone with getting into Japan. Japan just talking about having things that the things that have just opened, but you cannot get a room. You cannot yeah. get a guide. You cannot restaurant get, reservations. People right? have. People have just and and I'm and and they're correct. I've never been to Japan. It's one of sometimes there are places I haven't been a travel editor for however long. I pretend that I've been there. Like I always pretend <laughs> that I've been to Hong Kong, even though I never have. Mm, Hong Kong, Hong Kong. <laughs> I, I I willingly admit that I've never been to mm. to Japan, and I'm longing to go. Um, it's, it's an expensive proposition. Mm-hmm. I'd want to go with my best possible guide ever. I'd probably call Philippe Brown at Hudson and and do it in the most um, bespoke way. There's a, a wonderful book. I was talking. One of the people who I was with in New Yorkshire was a, a man who'd spent 20 years, like a character from a Tintin novel, like a proper old explorer, and he spent 20 years in China and and then a last chunk in Japan. And I said, you must read a book called The Ginger Tree. It's very, very beautiful, written about 100 years ago by a man, but from a woman's perspective and how she lived uh, a chunk of her time in China and then moved to Japan. And it's so evocative. So I'd like to retrace some of that ginger tree-ness Okay. Out in the Orient, and I would, ha- uh, and that would be very expensive. I can tell. <laughs> very expensive. <laughs> I can <Yeah>. tell. <laughs> um, I just, for me, I just want to spend as much time as I can in Africa. I, um, I want to go to Madagascar. I want to do baobab safaris. I want to see that coastline and how untouched it is. I want to go and explore more and more of of being in Africa. I just, I feel like it's like food for your soul. It sounds mm. so cliched, but. I was there for two weeks, a couple of weeks ago, but I was traveling around a lot, like kind of a day in different places. But actually I just realized that I needed it. And I was on my own and I absolutely love that feeling of being there on my own. Mm. I was like going on a game drive, looking at yeah. things through my eyes, not anyone else's. Mm. Yes. yes. Silence, sleep, yeah. lying out. I slept yes. out every night on my balcony, on my own. It was yeah. so amazing. And I just, you know, whether it's Botswana, I'd never been to the Delta before. Yes, desperate to get I just want to do that and mm. like again these kind of big adventures that that's where my heart yeah. is and also just in, in terms of everything that's happening in Africa obviously in, in southern Africa the the scene there from from an art and fashion and music point of view is just really hitting an international stage mm. in, oh, in yeah. a major way and I think I'm intrigued by Lagos as well Lagos you know they they in their kind of 14th year of Fashion Week, they have those. The VA did that big um, fashion Africa fashion this summer, and I just think there's there's a lot going on. But I'd love to like get under the skin of a city like Lagos yeah. as much as God, you know, out in the country. And then Senegal is another place I'd love to go on that yeah. continent. Mm. Well, I mean, Jules, I think people might be surprised to hear you say that you did that alone. We're going to talk, do some reader questions in a minute, and there. Are quite a lot of questions came up about solo travel, particularly for women. I mean, I think there's a kind of stereotype about what that should look like, but that kind of breaks that idea. I mean, I travel 90% of the time on my Mm. own, which, you know, when I was in my 20s was quite difficult. 30s, I got more confident. It's all about confidence Mm. because people don't hassle you if you're looking confident. You look like you know where you're going. I mean, I plan every second Mm -hmm. of that, of my journeys because... 
you know, as a woman on your own, you often are a little bit vulnerable, especially mm. if you're in airports slightly lost. I always have a contingency plan. But really, the joyful thing now is that the hotels you use or the properties or the company you use have usually absolutely brilliant people who'll help you, whether it's meeting you at that point in the airport and mm. delivering you to this or making sure that you're you're getting on that train or you're doing that lovely experience. It's 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 about being super organized. Mm. But I don't think solo travel has ever been easier. Mm. And um and also the hotels are realizing that this is a massively important part of their future. Mm. Um and so they're beginning to charge in um as you know they're charged per occupancy in the room, not for double occupancy. Mm-hmm. Um there used to be these really tricky solo supplements. But like if you look at someone like Scott Dunn, who a brilliant, you know, British um, tour operator they're seeing this massive trend of people wanting to go away um, on their own and it's a lot of them women Mm. you know and they might be women with a family but they're literally going to go away just to get some time out Mm. I was down last week in a place called Lily of the Valley in the south of France which is this kind of fabulous wellness retreat in Saint-Tropez but it's open all year round and you literally go down and you can do kind of great programs and there was a lot of people there who I think were trying for the first time to go and do something like that. And perhaps next time we'll be yeah. a little bit more adventurous. Mm. I, I just, I think now is the moment. Um, but it's for me, it's just about being really organized mm. so that I never get caught short. You know, I'll always kind of know if something went wrong, this is the person I call mm. or da da da. Mm. Mm. I mean, I, I'm not sure that I can talk in a totally informed way about it because when I used to travel on my own is when I was in my 20s and I adored it and I didn't know where I was spending the <laughs> next night and I didn't know, you know, it was all, you know, spontaneous and it led to some of my happiest adventures and most extraordinary moments um, through much of South America and Central America um, and ending up on, on tiny little bite-sized islands like, in Roatan in Honduras and being the kindness of strangers was, you know, extraordinary. But I think, you know, probably it's changed and yeah. probably the, the, having, having to be as organized as that makes perfect sense. What I would say is one of the really valuable things, as I think is everyone's life gets busier and more overwhelming, is it's important to be on your own. It's important oh for mums to, to, I need to, I cleave being on my own, and there are also there there are very expensive wellness retreats, you know. And I'm a huge fan of the Lanzerhof and the Mayers, and I think you must do those on your own. It's important yeah. <laughs> you do them on your own. Otherwise, you will get divorced. Yeah. <laughs> but you can also go, but you can also go to much less expensive ones, and do and be and detox because that's I I find that a very vital part yeah. of our in our overeating over consuming over rush mm. lives if you can do a detox which literally forces your body to to slow you're literally kind of cleansing your system you do get very very sleepy and then and very very sluggish and you and then there's a kind of revival day 3 or 4 where you're kind of reopened out to the world again and it's it's really meaningful and it does, it resupplies the energy that you've been missing for a long time and that quietness and not being answerable to anybody. I used to have this, you know, ticket. I, I never did it, but I had an imaginary ticket when, I, when my three girls were little. Like, how many times could they say, Mama, 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 ask me a question in a minute? And it could run up to the thousands. <laughs> and so it's really nice, I think, to go and find time to go and be on your own. Mm. Yeah, but I but I do think the solo travel thing also doesn't have to be about 
spa and detox. Yeah. Like that's that that was what really surprised me in mm. Africa. I was in this beautiful lodge, Singita, in Kruger National Park, and there was this wonderful woman who just was away for two weeks on her own. She was doing two lodges. She was doing a week in each. And she was doing a lot of spa and wellness. She was going on her game drive. She was mm. going to bed really early. You know, she nice. she had her family at home, mm. but she just really needed mm. this That's kind right. of me time. And I love the fact that she chose Africa because yeah. actually where is more beautiful and mm. sort of connected to nature yes. and the soil and the earth. Yeah. yeah. It was amazing. I, I was having a funny conversation actually with a, with a friend who he, we were talking about what he, he was about to go on this big solo mission and what to, he was being questioned, which... You know, those big guys really question you and dig into, like, what you've enjoyed before and what gives you pleasure. And he said his happiest time was being in India on a on a tiger safari where he knew that they weren't going to see any tigers. <laughs> and it, there's something kind of beautiful, uh, beautiful about a kind of fruitless mission. We called it the beauty of the fruitless mission because sometimes just being in a vehicle like that and looking for something which you know you're not going to find, but you're tuning into those sounds, you're yeah, looking yeah. at those leaves, you're doing, you're not... On your own in your room. Mm. It's a very different feeling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you're out and then you're present mm. because so the beauty of the fruitless mission. It's meditative, isn't it? We're gonna answer some readers' questions. We're gonna try and do them quick fire. Yeah. Because we've mm. still got a lot of ground to cover. Okay, so somebody has asked best long haul destinations for activities slash culture. That is a very large question. But that I, one, I'm gonna say go India, India, India. 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 India because <laughs> It's like everything all involved. You just cannot believe what you're seeing. Mm. Question for you both. If you're doing long haul travel, do you have to go for a very long time? I mean, how, you know, no. India, do you have to no. do two weeks? I think you can go. It amazes me how far you can go in a short space mm. of time. And the most important thing is obviously flying direct because sure. you can't waste your time messing around with, mm. you know, Miami Airport. Something. Yeah. But yeah, yes, yeah. yeah, I think so too. Uh, ideas for a long weekend in early February. Where in Europe? Where in Europe is lovely at that time of year? Where would you go? I would go down to southern Italy, probably. Still get some lovely mm. weather. Or even like Andalusia in Spain. Mm -hmm. Gorgeous. So try and get some sun. Yeah, I mean, look, the, re the reality is if you want to get some sun in Feb, you're going to have to go to somewhere like Cyprus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to go... You know, That's Greece is out. Everything's closed. They mm -hmm. close. You know, their yeah. season ends mid-October. So you're really thinking southern Italy, Sicily, like we were talking. I mean, mm. I have to say, I'm slightly obsessed with Sicily. Mm. Way pre mm. White Lotus, mm. there's this whole part of Sicily called Notto, mm. which is where you know these unbelievable Baroque churches are and the these beautiful towns. And no one's heard of it. I mean, mm. they've done little teeny bits of Italy, Termino, etc. But um, but Sicily's really mm. becoming somewhere, and right down in the heel of Italy as well. Ugento, all of that little mm. region. Um, but you've got to really look on that kind of southern part. Also, Tangier, amazing. Mm -hmm. Great little properties all opening in Tangier. Mm. If you don't want to do Marrakesh, it's a bit too busy. But that if you're going to do Europe then and you want some sun. Mm. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're less bothered by sun, but you want a happy trip, then, uh, the, you know, the Swiss Alps are kind of mm. extraordinary. Now, a lot of those, you know, those main halves like Gestad are very expensive, but that doesn't stop you from from moving out of, you know, going further down the further down that valley mm. and choosing a lovely old, more traditional hostel because being surrounded by those mountains, mm. it's kind of and when the sun does come out, which it does around that, that February Gorgeous. time, mm. those the, you know those mountains against that blue sky is something um, very majestic. Mm. What's great that's happening in Europe. Um, is that a lot of hotels that would have closed for sort of certain seasons have decided to stay open. Mm. So like 
Lake Como, that property I was mentioning, mm. Pasalacqua, is actually staying open year round. As a result of the pandemic. Yeah, I think people's patterns, you know, people have just changed their mm. traveling patterns. And actually, is there anywhere more beautiful than Lake Como mm. in the winter, mm. sort of mist coming down from the mountains, mm. out on the boat? The restaurants are all still beautiful. Mm. So yeah. this, I, I love that. The yeah, kind of traditional seasons are slightly being turned yes. on their heads. Mm. I was in Saint-Tropez yeah. literally last week swimming in the sea. Yeah. Well, it's a lot warmer everywhere. That's the other thing as well, yes. isn't it? We've had a much longer yes. summer. We have. But, yeah. you know, it wasn't even that warm, but it was just so lovely. And the light. Mm. The yeah. light in the mess. The light, the light. I also think that that's a crucial point in terms of um, the on-season over-tourism aspect yeah. has really come back mm. with, a, with, a, with a massive kind of flash and... And, and bluster and bombast. And I think if you want to be savvy and you want to be clever about it, not being, you know, traveling at off season and shoulder season and going there at these, at these different moments yeah. is a much smarter way I to I think do. we all feel an enormous responsibility about this issue of over tourism. You know, in my world, we're promoting places that actually you have to sort of take a step back and go, I, I don't I don't think I should be doing this or mm. I don't want to be doing this. And I think Greece is on that cusp with certain islands of having tipped yeah. over. And it, it's I we were all hoping, I think, for kind of good habits to come post pandemic. Mm. And in fact, what's mm. happened is the gates have opened in certain mm -hmm. places and they're just allowing building and building and building. And I, I saw that in Santorini. I was deeply, deeply shocked mm. having seen it six six years ago and this year Mykonos similarly yes it was quite a horrifying yeah. thing actually the overdevelopment so you know often out of season is the best time to go or, no. you know yeah yeah a lot of people said that this summer about the Greek islands and I mean hope you have to hope that everybody goes and then realizes it's too crowded and that I feel like everybody who went to Mykonos or Santorini this summer will look for somewhere quieter to go this year I think the complicated thing is that the Americans mm. um have push that demand and there's same a lot in Italy. there's a lot and they're mm. flying you know direct flights into Athens now from yeah. the States I think even some direct flights to, into Mykonos I mean it's, mm. it's yes, crazy um, but it's access yeah yeah which is double edged sword isn't it um, somebody has said best Maldives resort for teens that isn't top drawer pricey that's quite specific go on Melinda I can't remember how many years ago it was now maybe six years my nieces and I had a very crazy and brilliant party on an island called Finalu and uh, they have a sister island called Amila which is a little bit more grown up but um, in terms of lightness of spirit and fun and yet still everything being amazing great great music great there's an, an and at, at Finalu there's a there's a walkway along the sand that's practically for about a mile and at the end my favourite restaurant in the world called the Crab Shack, and it's just on this tiny spit, and you also have got water on this unbelievable waters that you get in the Maldives on both sides, and the most unbelievable, you know, crab sliders and pink wine, and that was the teens had a very. We would sit in that Crab Shack all day, and whether you were three or thirteen or twenty-three or thirty-three, it was just uh, watch the sun go down and and feast until you were blue. That was very very mm. special. That sounds like absolute heaven. Yes. Um, Somebody has said, well, a week with two teens, a beach holiday, but needs some culture. Maldives is one thing. Where can you go with your teen? Melinda, I'll ask you, where, where, where yeah. is, where's tolerable with teenage children? So, <laughs> is there anywhere? I've got my three <laughs> teens and do you know that we've, we, I've traveled a lot with them and it's been so fun, but it sounds like I, I'm, I'm going to push this again because I think the, the, the importance is like, it's not 
well, we, we have this thing on loop called micro, these micro itineraries. And it's like, instead of everyone watching, watching whatever they're watching and everyone's watching different things, all three mm. teens are watching different things. They're mm. not even doing it in the same room. So how do I get them that they're, you know, they're, they're together and we're all on the same beat. So we do these micro itineraries around like, you know, Peckham or Shoreditch or Hackney or Ulster or wherever it is and just get a, somewhere to have a drink before before lunch somewhere to and I really mean it's like an afternoon Mm. into the evening then where do you have lunch then um, a little gallery or some little vintage shopping afterwards then a coffee then a cocktail and then dinner and then back and that is that's how you 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 gather teens Mm. in for short focused periods of time you know mm-hmm. on the fun fun sides of town basically okay. so the more of the story is spend an afternoon in london with them is like <laughs> yeah. I think you can do the same in you can do the same in berlin or in france or wherever it is yeah, yeah. Bit short i think it, yeah. i think you're right i think the city break thing is awesome um if you want beach i think the caribbean mm. is great because if you're you know choose somewhere like antigua or grenada or one of those islands you know, they can be just down the beach in a nice little beach, like feeling a bit independent, mm. can come back to the hotel. You know, yeah. the Caribbean is awesome. Yeah, it feels safe yeah. for, for kids right now, doesn't it? Um, and Jules, you've got a little one. What about travel with little ones? Where can you go? Where's friendly, but also still provides a bit of a break for, for grown-ups? It's been a lot easier mm. than I thought it would be. And we've done quite a few trips, just the two of us, mm. which has been brilliant as well. Um to start with, I went very easy. I went to like the Anassa in Cyprus and places where you can fly direct. Then there's a sort of 20 minutes the other end to get to where you need to go. And then you're there mm-hmm. and there's some kind of child care situation. And those Anassa Almira, they're brilliant for kids. Brilliant. Um, Greek islands, I found absolutely traumatizing with children, simply because all the hotels seem to have infinity pools and rock formations mm, yes. and everything else. And that kind of beach club vibe is not mm-hmm. particularly child friendly. So that was a bit of a no-no. Um, south of France, perfect mm. in terms of in Provence again, like villas, etc. But we've done lots of long haul as well. He's been to the Caribbean with me twice. Obviously, that first night when you wake up with jet lag at 3 a.m. and they're like, hi, yes. mm. yeah. is kind of exhausting. But I just, for me, it's about, is there a nanny who'll help me out? And the Caribbean, they just love kids. And mm. I literally had to tear yes. him away from these gorgeous Antiguan mm. ladies yes. when I was, you know, wanting to go and have a couple of hours on my own. My eldest daughter's cause at her favourite holiday was Clearquot Wilderness Resort in Canada. Oh my God, I'm and, obsessed with that place. Oh my gosh. Obsessed. Those so, ranches, to be honest, all the of The ranches are amazing. So, and in Canada, in America, they're, they're that much more health and safety to be a certain height to, to, to ride the horses and you have to, mm. in Canada it's very very loose and um and Clairequot you're you're in it in the most beautiful countryside in the fat you know fabulous tents and you kind of eat outside and all these wonderful cowboys pick up your kids and put them on a horse and you just there's bears everywhere mm. and you go and pick the berries from the and then you're out looking for whales and you're on boats and you're, it's it's proper adventure and then you come home to the most delicious food and then all the kids just tumble about on the lawn with it was, I think it's called when we were there cowboy John he had about 17 dogs and all we you would eat your lovely supper and then you just watch all the children playing around with a gazillion animals and it was that's kind of yeah heaven what you want and then it's also like it's how you travel and that's when for example i've completely fallen in love again with ba because they're so good when i'm in there with a kid and they let him play with the like mini boss it's <laughs> like taking out the tonics putting them back in again and i always like book well in advance try and get 
either an exit row or on the front row of a, you know, even an economy flight so that I can basically sit on the floor, mm. chuck yes. stuff at him. Mm. And yeah. he sits there chucking it back at me. And I've got a bit of space. <laughs> okay, Jules, thanks for the world's most beautiful segue into our, uh, We've got to talk about British Airways. Thank yes. you. So, you should do this for a living. Um, obviously, as we said, this, pod, this podcast is sponsored by British Airways. Georgie and I were lucky enough to go uh, just last week to fly in their new club suite, which is their new and improved business class. We went to New York for 24 hours, which was surprisingly doable anyway yeah. lots more of that to come on Shillax but but I have to ask you I mean Jules you're such an advocate for BA yeah. what is it apart from the child friendliness that you love about them 20 years ago when I first started in my job a, a friend of mine said to me look choose an airline hmm. and stick with it hmm. and it will pay off and choose an airline that's part of a good partner um, network hmm. and BA was just the easiest mm-hmm. um, and then has just become so invaluable to my life I live in West London. Heathrow is amazing. I love T5. I think it's just so brilliant. Mm. Um, I've worked my way up in my status. It's really paid off. They really look after me. Um, but I just honestly, I love the crew. I love, I have good banter when I'm traveling. I'm often on my own. Sometimes I'm a bit lonely. I was in Boston the other day and it's such a great airport, Logan, right in the middle of the city. And I was feeling a bit homesick for my little babe and I'd been away for quite a while. And then this BA tail fin came into view. Oh. And it got really emotional. It's home. It does yeah, feel like yeah, that, doesn't no, it? Yeah, it does. And I think, um, you know, all airlines get so much stick, especially at the moment. And it's often not their fault. I had 10 and a half hours on Monday in Schiphol Airport on the way there and on the way back. It wasn't the airline's fault. Mm. It was understaffing at the airport. It was immigration coming out of, you know, on the other end, I arrived late. And um, and everyone gets so angry with the airline. But actually, I, I think BA is bloody brilliant. Mm. I've, I've flown quite a few times in the new club configuration. And it's been great because you get a bit of privacy, which, mm. you know, when you're traveling on your own, mm-hmm. is really important. Yeah. yeah. Funnily enough, I think when you were, you were talking about, you know, traveling with your little boy on BA, I, I was try, try, trying to think in terms of for that. That's what BA, I think, symbolizes in a way. It's slightly like a kind of, warm nanny's hmm. hug yeah and I think there's something very comforting about the ladies in their buns and the colors of the red and blue and you feel that however deranged your children are going to be <laughs> however deranged you are going to be mm-hmm. that nanny will yeah take care of you yeah yeah exactly. and you can get a bloody mary you can drink through it. Jules, you mentioned, you know, collecting tier points and kind of the benefits of it because, you know, we're spending a lot of time talking about club suite and flying comfortably, which so many people I think have, you know, always thought is so inaccessible. But frequent flyers can really reap the benefits of that, can't they? So we, I mean, through my business, we we book a lot of BA stuff too. So we get BA on business points. We get the miles. We have a BA Amex Mm. card, which is what we book a lot of our other travel on. So, you know, we might get, couple of hundred thousand tier points in a month just from the trips we book and we mm-hmm. send people on and then we use those to send our team away often and and we've got an office in New York so we're I'm back and forth in New York every six weeks and most of those times I get to book my ticket on our miles mm-hmm. which is brilliant mm-hmm. and I do the, the the day I love the day flight back on a Friday so I can arrive home looking a little less stressed than I do yes. off the red eye yeah. um and have my long lunch on board um <laughs> but Look, you, I've made it work for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I love T5. You're literally from kind of, you know, roadside to airside mm-hmm. within, I don't know, eight minutes, something yeah. like that. I mean, it's a total joy. And 
I think a lot of my team now are getting to that status mm. too. Um, so it really, really pays off. And I just get really well looked after on yeah. board because they know. And the point is, you know, flyer. fantastic if you're a frequent flyer like you and you can accumulate like that. But as you mentioned, you can have a British Airways Amex. You can be wrapping Make up the airports just, yeah, yeah. And, you, and you just have to be savvy, right? And you get your companion voucher. Exactly. There's also quite a savvy thing online where um, if you search on your phone, weirdly, not on on your um, computer, you can actually see the air miles flights available for the whole year. Mm. Um, so that's quite another way of doing it because often otherwise you're literally like, okay, yeah. I'm going to try for these dates and these yeah, dates and these clever. dates. And actually there's like a calendar which shows you, but I can only ever find it on my phone. So if you're not fussed <laughs> about where you're going, but you've got some tier points of yeah, air so miles like, to use. Yeah, for example, Mexico, mm. you know, we have a great love, shared love of a place called Hotel Ascensia in Mexico. And... I really needed, I really, really, really wanted to go. The owner mm. had been very kind and saying he'd look after me if I got there, but I just didn't have any money, couldn't afford to go. And at my air miles, I was searching any hub of getting into the US. Couldn't get to Mexico because all the flights were gone. So I found two BA air miles flights into Houston in club. And I had a night in Houston. I went to NASA. Amazing. <laughs> and then the next day, I just was down on um, American, like a really cheap, because it's two hours. Oh, yeah. clever. And it was brilliant yeah, because cool. my long haul trip yeah. was done... Um, but I got it on Emma. So yeah. just, and I do that a lot with the States. I'll search and then, for, for example, I might find to Boston to mm-hmm. get to New York sometimes and then just take the train down. So you can you can totally make it work for yeah. you. Jules, we've got to then talk a little bit as well about the new club suite and just how comfortable it is. This new configuration means that everybody has aisle access. Yeah. Everybody's got their own door. And I mean, it's just so comfortable, isn't it? Between the bedding, the food. I mean, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And also there's just more space for your stuff. So I always used to find that I'd like leave something behind because there was just a sort of pocket here or something there and I never mm-hmm. quite worked out anything was. Whereas now you've got like, okay, that's where my phone's going to go. That's where this is going to go. I've got my privacy. My mm-hmm. magazine's going to go here. There's a space for my jacket. It's all great. The yeah. food's so good. Mm-hmm. The wine is always great. Always useful. Um, and I think that yeah, you just, you've just got a lot more space. First of mm. all, you're right, you don't trip over the legs of somebody as you're trying to get in and out. Mm-hmm. There's also not that really awkward moment in the love seat, which I always call the middle bit, yes. where you've got to like sit next to someone you've never met in the mm. most intimate way, Chasey. kind of right, like you're going to sleep next to somebody. Mm. And also the most uncomfortable thing, which was the button you had to press to put the screen up. And yes. there was always that like, <laughs> Slow okay, me. can I do it before yeah. takeoff? Yeah. Is that really rude? Mm-hmm. Or when am I going to do it? And now I've got to have a conversation with a really... Like yeah, someone I really don't want to have a conversation yeah. with. So I love it now. Yeah. I'm in my little pod, basically. Yeah, exactly. Happy days. Exactly. Happy days. I remember um, flying back from Malawi and I got, it's very bad geography and very bad timing. And I'd, I'd organized a party um, for my sister's wedding anniversary, but I got the 24-hour clock wrong. And I realized that coming back from Malawi on planes, trains and automobiles, that I had got the day wrong, so I was going to miss the party. So I got really drunk in Manawi Airport and went wherever we flew back. Then it probably was Joanna's way. And coming back on that, you know, the button with the divider. (laughs) And I was desperately trying to tell the man next to me about the tales of the world. And I kept on banging on about it. And it had caterers about the party that I was missing. And he was desperately (laughs) pressing that button to try and shut (laughs) me down. I was desperately peering (laughs) over. So I hadn't finished telling him my woes. Fantastic that you can now block out people like you yeah Great. yes <laughs> block me out um all right ladies i think we're gonna have to leave it there thank you so much i could happily sit here and listen to you both talk about travel all day long i'm gonna give you one last i'm gonna get one last recommendation from you both if there's one one destination that people should check out next year where would it be madagascar mm. Linda. wait i'm still thinking i'm still thinking 
Oh God, do you know where I really, again, sorry, I'm being retro-aggressive, which is one of my favorite I like that expression. expressions. Mm. I'd love to go back to Cartagena. The music, the food, everyone's just okay. dripping like toffee. It was amazing. Heaven, heaven. Um, all right, thank you both so much. Um, Melinda, people can find you at loop, L-O-U-P-E underscore UK. Okay. Keep, keep your eyes peeled for that. And check out Jules Prune, Prune International. Um, for some serious hotspots all over the world. Um, thank you so much for listening. If you have any feedback, please do email podcast at showlax.com. We love hearing from you. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe and tell your friends and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.